Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Holly seems to have it all. Two kids, a nice house, good job as a teacher, and a husband with a career on the way up. But there are troubling signs that not all is right in the world. The insomnia, the medication for insomnia, the dreams from the medication for insomnia are the even dreams. And then there's the mouse that appears in the home, upsetting her already delicate balance and sending her into a spiraling and out of control. The film is called The Swerve. It was directed by Dean Kapsalis. This is his feature debut. And we're speaking today with the lead actor in this incredible film. It's a wonderful film and an incredible performance, Azura Sky. Azura Sky, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Sort of a frame of reference, people might know you from some of your previous film work, like 28 Days, Red Dragon. Uh, I know you from Take Me to the River, as well as At Least Among Saints, as well as your TV work, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I'm sure you get a lot of recognition over i do do you <laughs> i would say that when someone comes up to me on the street nine times out of ten it is in regards to buffy the vampire slayer so i like buffy i, I don't know <laughs> if i would call myself a fanatic but i thought it was a really entertaining and, and intelligent teen tv it series was. it was yeah. certainly and such a legacy that it created yeah and, uh, an amazing fan base yeah yeah apparently apparently <laughs> the mentalist american horror story girls riverdale and other works so i am yeah again i'm honored to have you on the show this performance was truly remarkable and um tell me a little bit about how you came to the project did dean approach you was it a casting call how, how did all this kind of unfold for you dean did approach me they didn't offer me the role right off the bat by any means, but he and the producer were familiar with some of my previous work. So they reached out to me, they sent me the script. I read the script and I liked it very much, but I loved the character. And I responded right away, I think, you know, within a day or so and said, I, I would love to do this. So we arranged for a Skype call. It was before the days of Zoom. People didn't use to Zoom. So we did a Skype call and it went really well talked for a long time and I felt like, you know, we had a good rapport and we were very much on the same page. And then I didn't hear anything from them for a while. Then I reached out again and asked if uh, they'd like me to make a tape, to put a scene on tape, do a little audition. And they said, sure, if you'd like. <laughs> so I, I took it upon myself to do that. And um, did you, did you over the edge. Pardon? Did you read from the script or did you sort of create a character that you thought would work for what? No, I read, I read a scene from the script. Two okay. scenes, I think. And it was funny because I sent them in, and, but I felt like they still weren't quite right. <laughs> but, you know, it's just an audition. Obviously, it did the trick. So once you get the role, you sit down with Dean and I assume at some point other cast members, but particularly with Dean, is he telling you his expectations? Is he being specific? Or how much of this is sort of the collaborative effort between you and Dean in terms of creating Holly? Uh, it was very much a collaboration. When I first read the script, I saw her very clearly right away. Maybe that should be disturbing uh, to me. <laughs> but I, I saw her in a very sympathetic way. And I very much saw her as a character that I could be 
for me, there was really only one way to play Holly. That was sort of the only way that I knew how. And luckily, Dean was very much on the same page as to you know, what that was. So there was a lot of conversation, but I don't know that there was a lot of direction per se. You know, he had, I think, you know, most of his work, you know, obviously he was directing me, but he was also, you know, he had the, the greater picture of the film, you know, to worry about. So, you know, he gave me some input and then he, he really left it up to me. And I, I kind of left the filmmaking up to him. And then we, we met in the middle at a really nice place. Well, one of the reasons that I'm very curious about that collaboration over the character of Holly is because we are introduced to you in a way in midstream. A lot of things have happened to you as we find out over the course of the film. So we're kind of walking into your life as Holly, as someone who has been battered and under duress for a long period of time before we meet up. Right. So I'm very curious in terms of how you were creating the sort of the backstory for her. Was that something that you were thinking about and sort of going to Dean or was how do you create a backstory for a film, for a character who we see her in, in the in some stage of diminishment? I use music a lot. I, that's something I, I use a lot when I work, but particularly on this piece. Uh, I, before I started working, I made a Holly playlist um, I find that more than anything, music has a way of affecting me faster than anything else and more viscerally. I mean, in just seconds, it can just cut. <laughs> um, I mean, there are even, even songs that I can just listen to them in my head and they make me start to cry. I use music a lot to just to sort of inform my mood and my headspace. And then the other thing that was really neat about this movie and really unusual, something I'd never experienced before was we shot the entire film almost entirely in sequence. I mean, day one was page one, scene one of the script. And we went through the entire film, I wanna say scene by scene, day by day. So in terms of a, a character progression, uh, it was obviously really helpful for me. I don't know how this is going to sound. What music? What do you have one or two tracks? I should know. I, I know a couple off head, but it's been a while. We shot this film three years ago. Okay. So, um, Sofa number one, which is a Frank Zappa instrumental. Oh. It's all major or primarily, which is odd, but it, um, it's very emotional for me. A Warm Place by Nine Inch Nails. Leonard Cohen's famous Blue Raincoat. All right. Yes. Nate O'Connor's Nothing Compares to You. Mad World by Gary Jules, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Imagine by John Lennon. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. All right. I was just curious. Very good. Thank you for <laughs> indulging me. I really appreciate that. By the way, I want to I'll remind our listeners, we're speaking with the lead actor in this terrific film called The Swerve. And that would be Azura Sky. And she plays the part of Holly, a mother, housewife, daughter, sister, in the film and and uh, brings it's a very powerful performance interactions with the other members of your quote-unquote family uh, obviously that is another thing about uh, holly and her character and i use this word guardedly and i and i hope i'm not overstating it but you you present holly she looks she she looks shell-shocked it, 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 not all the time, not from, you know, in every scene, but there are scenes in which you are, you are going into some situation that you have to deal with and you create this kind of bearing for yourself that you just look like you're 
you're just hoping to get through that particular moment in your life. Mm-hmm. Is that? I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Is that is so? That is fair to say that because one of the, one of the questions is I remember when I was talking to Dean about the film that your character feels like she's living a life of what ifs sort of in her mind, like why this path I've, that I've chosen to be the mom, the, the, the wife, and all those different roles that you're playing have left her with a lot of questions about what if, what if I had done something differently? Sure. It's that sliding doors thing. And I think we all have done that in our lives, you know, in, in one way or another, it's like, Oh, what if I had taken that job or instead of that one? And sometimes we don't even consciously make these decisions. Sometimes we just find ourselves in these situations. And then it's not until we're suddenly in them that we kind of can take a step back and imagine a, a different scenario. So, yeah, I think that Holly is definitely some, you know, someone who sees different versions of her life and what could have been and, I don't think she's someone who thinks that that something else should have been. I don't think she thinks that she's deserving of anything more or entitled to anything better or bigger. I think she's very much resigned to her place in life, but I wouldn't say she's entirely satisfied with it. Right. Well, let's talk about the story. I feel like I haven't done, I've not given enough time to the actual storyline of the film, The Swerve. How would you describe the film what would be your synopsis of the film i gave one at the very beginning of our of our conversation is is there anything you want to add to kind of mother housewife uh she has two children are those right? two children yeah two monstrous beastly children yes <laughs> yes yes um, yeah i mean it's very much i like to refer to the film as a domestic thriller um it's sort of been put in the horror genre which i appreciate and uh, that's that's great but i never really thought of it as a horror film although it has very horrific moments and goes off the rails in a very horrific way to me it was more of a psychological drama domestic thriller um but i i suppose the most horrific aspects of life are often the ones that happen at home and are seemingly mundane because the truth is that monsters are not jumping out from under the bed and there's no such thing as Freddy Krueger, but you know, the, the mind can be a scary place in life. Also one other thing about her character about Holly is that she's having a hard time being heard. It seems like through most of the, the interactions in the film, people aren't listening to her. And it just from a psychological perspective, that's a, that's a form of abuse. So true. I, I think she very much feels like an invisible person in a way, yeah. you know, in, in terms of her voice, not being heard. And also, I think not being seen. Um, you know, I think sometimes the people that we live with and we see every day, it, we can't help but take them for granted. And sometimes they can even become invisible to us. Yeah. We know what they look like in our memory. So it's like we don't even really have to look at them. <laughs> so it, it's so important in those those closest relationships really to, to step take a step back and constantly be reassessing those people and your relationships with them. And yeah, gosh, don't, don't take those people for granted. Well, that's the other thing, her character, she's a school teacher and her Mm -hmm. job is for people to listen to her. And, and, and over time, even that becomes very difficult for her to kind of maintain her balance, her sense of her, her sort of bearing in in the, in the classroom and outside of the classroom, there's some things that happen to her. 
One of the things about this, and I said earlier, I think uh, it comes to mind is this had to be a, a, a very demanding role. You're an actor. You're a professional. You know what you're doing. You know how to approach a role. You know how to 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 take uh, uh, something off the printed page and turning it turning it into something that's three dimensional. But how demanding was this role for you? I would say it was very demanding <laughs> to answer your question <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, I would say it was actually more physically demanding than emotionally demanding. Uh, it had been a long time since I had done a project where I was in just about every shot. <laughs> I think I was in every scene, not quite every shot, but you know, we were shooting six days a week, 12 hours a day. It was a very physically demanding schedule. We did two weeks of night shoots, you know, which means starting once it gets dark and shooting all the way through the night till the sun gets up. So vampire days. So physically it was really tough. Um, I stayed healthy through the whole thing, which I was grateful for. And, you know, emotionally it was difficult too. You know, interestingly enough, people always think that those really emotional, uh, harrowing scenes must be so draining. And I always understand why people think that, but I actually find them to be quite exhilarating. I think as actors, we love that stuff. It's sort of a, like a, a catharsis in a way. You get to like get all that stuff out and then you feel so free afterwards. Well, ex exactly. You get to it's sort of a free fire zone in terms of what you're doing is something you probably had a very difficult time doing in, in person, your personal life, but here you can <laughs> let it fly. And you, yeah, I would imagine there's some therapeutic value to all of that as well. Yeah, yeah. those were the most fun days. <laughs> but that being said, there were definitely scenes in this movie that, um, you know, I knew they were coming. And once they were finished, I was very grateful that they were done. And I could check that box and move on to the next one. <laughs> well, the reaction to your performance has been outstanding. It has been really quite remarkable. The, review, <clears throat> the reviews for the film were very good. But I think without exception, every review talked about your work and well-deserved. You, you, you definitely deserved that. It's the, uh, the accolades. Thank you so much. And moving forward, has this given you uh, more opportunity or given you an opportunity to continue to try and land these roles that, like you said, this is kind of a once in a very blue moon kind of opportunity for a, for an actor. Yeah. yeah no, it truly was a, a once in a lifetime kind of role. I think as an, as an actor, you wait a whole career to be given something like this. And uh, many never get it. It, it was a real gift. And yeah. I, I'm tremendously grateful for it. it. The film just came out in September on, on VOD. I have not gotten any offers. Mind you, I suppose it's kind of a slow time of year. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I've gotten really great press, but there have, it hasn't led to any opportunities yet. But wow. hopefully. That's very, that's surprising. But also I know that productions are sort of, in a sort of a suspended state of animation at this point too. Yeah, so we're, not we're a, in a strange time. Yes, <laughs> we are. And, you know, I think in some ways this film is relevant uh, and timely, mm -hmm. prescient, if you will. You know, sort of we're finding ourselves spending a lot more time with our families in pretty much in, you know, in close quarters for a lot yeah. of us. And so this is a film that really kind of explores that space mm -hmm. and, sort of and hopefully and I hope that over the course of this uh this scourge that we're dealing with that people come out of it on the other side 
more appreciative of families, more appreciative of each other. I hope uh, so too. Yeah. I, I do think so. I, I really think there is a silver lining to be had in this, even though you really have to look for it. But I do think people will take each other for granted less. I, I think I noticed it already. I can just say for myself, you know, suddenly, you know, just having, you know, having people that you love and who love you back and having a roof over your head and food to eat all of a sudden just seems like so much. Going out to the store is an adventure now, right? I mean, yes, exactly. Well, you know, it's funny you talk about the film coming out this year and I wonder if it resonates for people more, as you say, you know, being home with their families and, you know, also all the the grocery store sequences in the movie, you know, I think, I think housewives, you know, for, for decades have, have seeked refuge and salvation in the grocery store to escape their families. But uh, now it's one of the only places we can go if, if we're so brave. Well, I want to thank you for the performance. Thank you for your time today. This role and this film, The Swerve, have, uh, have put you on a platform uh, for a lot of people to see and, and to appreciate your work here. So I want to, want to thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. I, I really appreciate it. And I, I so appreciate your kind words. Oh, you're welcome. Again, we've been speaking with Azura Sky. She is the lead in this film, The Swerve. And it is out on uh, VOD and uh, available. So check it out. Azura Sky, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Be well. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.